morning crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We have Mr. Johnny Crypto, Billy, the chart analysis expert and the CEO of Collecti Labs, Mr. Selman G, is joining us on this Thursday. So very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Canadian exchanges are limiting the amount of crypto citizens can purchase, causing pandemonium among the masses. Are these restrictions the beginning of the end for free markets? Kevin O'Leary states regulation is coming, giving us a timeline on when the floodgates could open for institutions, as China's crypto mining has doubled despite a government ban. Ripple is taking over the world of ODL with a new partnership expanding services into Brazil. Eyeing a $780 billion market, XRP is looking more valuable than ever. Ethereum founder Vitalik Buterin is doubling down on his criticism of XRP, while he also dispels rumors about the Ethereum merge happening this September. Coinbase is caught insider trading once again, and we tell our listeners why this crypto winter may already be over. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So we're going to get this thing rocking and rolling, but we got to go to Mr. Johnny Crypto first. Johnny, how are you feeling on this Thursday? I'm doing great abs. I didn't know that I didn't get the memo that we're all wearing red, but apparently um, I guess guess some of us are, but uh, everything's great. Weather's beautiful. Life is good. Had an awesome show yesterday with Yusko. Uh, We brought some truth bombs to you and hopefully we'll continue that today. Also want to say good morning to our brothers there. The billionaire. I like to call him billionaire Billy because that's what he's going to be. And uh, and Sal McGee, the collect the CEO of Collecting, great to see you. And good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Thank you for following. Amazing guys, and we're gonna kick it to Selman and Billy right after we take you to our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at Three TGM Crypto. You get access to every single one of us, so go smash that follow button. We love talking to you guys. The Bitcoin fear and greed index were sitting in moderate fear at a thirty this morning, down pretty significantly from yesterday. Yesterday we were sitting at a forty-one, but that's directly correlated to the price action. As this morning, we are sitting at $1.1 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 40% dominance. Ethereum is 20%. Bitcoin is sitting at $23,400 this morning. Ethereum is $1,800. XRP, $0.37. Cents. Cardano is $0.53. Cents. Polkadot, $8. Polygon, $0.89. Cents. Chainlink is $8. Stellar is $0.12. Cents. VeChain is $0.03. Cents. Hedera is $0.07. Cents. And Quant is $112 this morning. Selman, I'd lo- I know you got some technical analysis prepared, but I'd love to hear what's on your mind. What are you thinking? Good morning to y'all. I can tell you guys yesterday that report came out and all members are actually um, looking forward for a 50 to 75 basis points, but they're not excluding 75. We might see 75 basis points and that could really mess up with the markets. So at least, you know, everybody's waiting for the CPI report uh, mid of September. And so you see the markets because of that report also kind of pulled back and, you know, with low volume and overbought situation for many assets in the crypto scene. Um, yeah, like th- this pullback could you know continue, but as long as we sit above the 21 EMA on the daily, you know, it's all good. We could risk it, but below that is definitely going to be a risky game. And uh, could, you know, then we could really talk about future or uh, potential, um, you know, corrections. What we're anticipating, Billy, I'm going to kick it right to you. We've been pretty critical of Bitcoin, but as we know, it still leads the market. And as we're looking into these first couple of weeks of September, things are actually looking fairly bullish. Even if we get a short-term regression, these next couple of weeks, they should be pretty exciting before we get that Shemitah at the end of September. And that's where we're expecting the markets to pull back. But what's on your mind this morning? And thank you for making time for us today. What's up, fam? Man, I haven't, it doesn't seem like I talked to you guys all week and I haven't. Now that I realize, like, wow, I wasn't even on the show Tuesday. Uh, so I missed you guys. It's great to be here. It's great to see Johnny. And there was a comment in the in the thing here. It said, "What does Johnny have any shirts with sleeves? Why do you need sleeves when you got guns like that? Like, <laughs> no, you got to show I those. Got the guns. I got women abs. Are you freaking kidding me? Uh, oh, but no, man. It, <laughs> no, it's it's a blessing to be here. Uh, I missed you guys. Yeah, this market's crazy right now. You know, the market follows Bitcoin as much as we don't like Bitcoin, as much as I don't like Bitcoin. It is what it is. Uh, we got to pay attention to it. I agree with Selman. Uh, I think we're going to have some bullish indication come up. 
But I, I still think we're in that downtrend. September is going to tell us a lot. Regulations, trying to get that situated. And then, you know, of course, the politics of the world. Awesome. And I'm coming right back to you, Billy. But first, I want to show our listeners a tweet that states the RSI is as low as it's been since 2013 right now. And we had our special guest, Mark Yusko, announce that he thinks the market lows came in during July. And anything after that, well, we're now in crypto spring and we should get some optimistic price action here. Billy, what are you anticipating from Bitcoin? And what does it mean that the RSI is the lowest it's been in nearly nine years? I mean, with the RSI that low, that's an indicator to buy. So, uh, you know, I think with the fundamental or the institutionalized money that's now flowing into it, I think we're definitely going to have some bullish price action come in. I mean, that's that's how that with the indicator showing uh, that we're at a, a low point with the RSI, that's just that's bullish indicators all around. Uh, the biggest indicator of all is the institutional money that's coming in. Oh, for sure. And one of the things that we're going to continue to cover is how BlackRock is looking to develop an ETF. And they said the number one crypto that they're going to be focusing on is Bitcoin. No surprise there. But Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on Bitcoin. The RSI is as low as it's been. And we had our, our special guest, Mark, talk about yesterday how the lowest prices have already come in for Bitcoin. Do you believe him? Is crypto winter over? And then we'll dive into some of our articles. Well, I think I think there's two things happening. That well, I think there's two things happening here. Um I think that Mark was spot on when he talked about the way to think about how the markets work is with with um, uh, leverage. So, and he explained it very well yesterday how you get the, the, the smart money that comes in, then you get some retail money comes in, and then you get the gamblers that use a shit ton of leverage and they drive the price up and they pump it up as high as they can. And when you see them pumping it up as high, the, the elites know those are unsustainable numbers and they get out, right? And so what Mark said was he felt that when we got that wick to, I think, uh, 17,000, what did we get, about 17,500, something like that? I think that's where he felt we we had um, the, what's it called, the bottom. So I think what in his mind, you know, looking at that wick and all that liquidation and leverage being wiped out, that were sitting in there somewhere around the 17,005. So now where are we at? About 24, 25? So it won't surprise me. So yes, well, I think that to some degree, I think he's right that the bottom was set in. I'm not so sure we won't retest that bottom. Let's say in, you know, what I've been saying that I think we're going to have a crash in the October, September, October timeframe. So I don't want to go out there and say we think the bottom's in because I think that bottom could be retested. Does that make sense? That That's what I'm thinking could happen. Um, but I do believe he may be right. I think that bottom was, you know, we saw that that wick was there for about four seconds and it got out of there, right? So somebody came in and bought a shit ton at 17.5. My guess is if we hit it again, we'll retest it. If we see a big scoop back up again, uh, guys, I'm backing up the truck. I know you don't like Bitcoin. I'm not crazy about it either. But the reality is Bitcoin is here to stay, guys. It's going to be here. Congress is giving a free pass. It's going to, it's already considered a commodity. It ain't going anywhere, boys. And I'll be buying it. If we see, if we see anywhere near 17, 18, 19,000, I'll be buying more. Johnny, one of my only concerns is that retail is waiting for these lows, such as low as 12000 or $10,000. And I don't think we're going to get there, but I do think we're going to get close. You brought up the $17,000 mark. I think even 15000 is possible if, if you know, we get our worst bearish case scenario here. But I want to show our listeners a really cool new animation. We have 133 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics. And this next story, well, it's one that everybody should be paying attention to because Canadian exchanges impose a $30,000 buy limit on all cryptos except for Bitcoin, Ethereum, and two others. This is historic. This is ridiculous. But we're going to dive into the details. Regulators all over the world have shifted their focus to protecting investors. Newton and BitBuy are imposing new uh, sanctions to protect investors by stating a buy limit for restricted coins for customers in Ontario in order to protect them. Bitcoin and Ethereum are among the excluded coins, but the total list is composed of Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash. They, they put out a statement stating, when you buy restricted cryptocurrencies, you can use some of your limit. Selling restricted cryptocurrencies will add space back to your limit, and you can buy all the way up to $30,000. The $30,000 limit will be reset every single year, and that's, that is from basically the, the Canadian version of the SEC. Groundbreaking news here. I want to go to Selman. Selman. We always talk about Canada and how they have a lot of communist practices. I don't know if they're considered a communist regime, but this is ridiculous. Not allowing people to buy the cryptocurrencies and the assets that they like, 
but setting a restriction on the amount that they can purchase, what is going through your mind? Yeah, I studied in Canada. I love Canadians, but the political system, especially after 2020, really, I feel sad for that. But um, what I can tell you guys is yesterday, for example, we had great, uh, like a great uh, guest on the Good Morning Crypto show. And right after that, on the non-fungible show, we had the founder of Mintable and he actually brought up a very important point. For example, in China, cryptocurrencies are banned and now NFTs as well. They're highly speculative. The only reason he said the, they are banning it is they don't want uh, money to go to leave the country, right? And in this case, this is this makes perfectly sense. They don't want you to like maybe high leverage trade or just invest in like maybe stupid altcoins or sh excuse me, shit coins, right? So they don't want you to take the valuable Canadian dollar and just, you know, uh, dump it on a stupid coin. You lose the money and that money goes out and that's just going to be an economic, I don't know, um, disadvantage for the, uh, for the country, even though we know that crypto's influence on the economy, that's what our government officials say, um, is not that, not that great. So it's not that uh, highly influential. So it shouldn't be a risk for the financial system. So it's very interesting to see that kind of limit, even though it should be a free market, you can lose, you can gamble if you want, right? So um, it should be open for everybody or there should be a certain like level uh, of financial education first and then you can do whatever you want. You can dump all your millions, but like just saying, hey, there is gonna be a cap for everyone. That's just, uh, that's not democracy in my opinion. Billy, there's a couple of things that's that to me here number one would be the fact that what selman brought up we should be able to purchase whatever assets that we want but number two is the fact that they're allowing bitcoin and ethereum to again get a free pass and it's under the guidelines of protecting investors one thing we know about governments is that whenever they get control they never give it back right and that was one of the major concerns during the c19 crisis was that when we locked down most people were afraid that they weren't going to release those restrictions this is another example of that here when you're talking about restricting the markets not allowing retail investors to purchase assets such as Cardano, XRP, Polkadot, reliable, established crypto assets. You can't do that in Canada. What does that say to you, Billy? Man, this is dude, this is complete bullshit. I, I can't believe this is even happening. Uh, this is huge. If, to, to understand, you go work for a dollar and then they tell you how you can spend that dollar. And what world does that make any sense at all? And you know, they can sit here and say it's for our own protection. I do, I, I do not want the biggest dummies on the planet who have effed up the political system and the governmental system in ways that we can't even imagine telling me how and what I can spend my money on. That's that's up to me and what I want to do. And if you really gave a fuck about it and gave a damn about us and, and protecting our money, educate us. Educate our kids on how the system works. Don't sit here and try to control us. And that goes back to just what you said. Abs. As soon as they get the power, they never give it up. So with all this happening, this is just just this is just the beginning to tell you how much you can spend. Then they're going to look at what you're spending it on. If they don't like what they're spending it on, they're going to control that, too. So this is crazy. You know what this feels like? This feels like almost like uh, not that I was around, uh, but like 1933 when the U.S. banned gold. It's almost like they're putting a ban on crypto, right? But they're doing it very nonchalantly to make it kind of look, oh, this is for your the better interest for you, right? Meanwhile, it almost tells me that they know crypto is going to be huge and they don't want people in it. You know, it's almost like they don't want people. I, I, it's just that's what it feels like. It's like, why would you, if you, why, why would you stop your country from investing in something that could be generational wealth building? It's the future of the rails. I was just was just watching a show today with, with Mooch Scaramucci and uh, on Melker's show with uh, uh, Yusko and somebody uh, and Raul Paul, and they were talking about how this is coming. This is the future is coming. Crypto, blockchain, blockchain is the future. It will change Web 3.0. How the world is going to work, and it almost feels like Canada's like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't want our our citizens getting. And, too strong or too well. And that makes complete sense because why would you want your citizens strong and have money? Then you can't control them as much to exactly. have more freedom, open to more things. So exactly. why not push the FUD and the BS and, you know, keep them out of it? Yeah, I totally agree with that, John. And there is also something else like 
you know, you guys see um, the treasury yield is super high right now, yes. and this is definitely not sustainable. And you see they're talking about how they want to fight uh, inflation and how they want to get it back down to 2%. But if you check out the balance sheet, they're not really doing anything. And then when you see other, like Europe just released the inflation rate, it's uh, the the highest since like the last for the last 25 years. So it's a mess and they can't raise interest rates that easily because other southern countries are, you know, in in debt and are really dependent on the on the um you know, low interest rates. So another important thing is Turkey just decreased its interest rates by 1%. The funny thing is uh it has high inflation over 80% and there I don't know what's going on there, but euro and dollar against uh the Turkish lira skyrocketed today again and you see i kind of feel like all these governments really want us to live with inflation they don't want to fight inflation we are gonna i love that emotion uh, we're gonna live with that inflation and it looks like there is no uh, middle class anymore there is not gonna be a middle class anymore there's only gonna be poor people dependent on the system right and then the rich wealthy people and so probably this is also a little introduction into hey you shouldn't buy assets just just focus on your everyday life. That's it. Well, maybe we can take a little bit of advice from China here. And even if they restrict crypto, we can just not follow the rules. As China actually banned crypto mining, yet doubled their profits in the past 12 months, there's nothing really too deep to dive into here. The largest crypto firm, the largest crypto mining firm in China doubled their profits over the past 12 months, regardless of the fact that the government said that mining is illegal. I'd love to get some quick comments from Johnny. Should we take a page out of their book and just ignore these restrictions? I mean, I don't even know how that's possible in China. Like, I thought they threw you in a gulag when you did that. So <laughs> it's very interesting to uh, to see how that's happening. But again, I'm sure somebody's lining somebody's pockets, even in China. Billy, do you have any quick thoughts here before we get into our next article? No, nah, everyone just better follow in line because China's running the world right now. That could be the sad truth, my friend. Sorry, I'm having some struggles with the mute button here. We're going to dive into our next tweet, which is a Coinbase insider trading news. Insider trading revealed that 10 to 25% of the listings on Coinbase from September of 2018 to May 2022 involved insider trading. This could be the beginning of the end for these exchanges. And we've talked about this time and time again. Coinbase continues to have negative rumors circulating around this project. I think these stats really speak for themselves. I'm going back to you, Billy. What's on your mind? Oh, bro, this has been going on forever now. It's just, it's it's coming to light. Now things are going to be exposed. You can't hide the things that you used to back in the day. Um, but this is no surprise, bro. This is, you just look at the the Nancy Pelosi's of the world and all the people who have a, you know, $100,000 salary, but have $32 million portfolios. Like it just, it's, it's just part of the game. You just have to know how the game's been played. But this, this, all this is going to come to light when blockchain really comes in and the utility of blockchains actually implemented. Because like I said, you can't hide anything. And that's part of the regulations is them trying to figure out how to navigate through this, how they can manipulate it in the ways that they want to, at least in, in my opinion. And we also know that last year, you know, the big GameStop and AMC manipulation, right? And Robinhood is under investigation again because of market manipulation. And guess what happened? I mean, uh, Billy, you are the stocks guy and you know best. A couple stocks skyrocketed the other days. It was also another like short squeeze. And what happened is uh, these um, exchanges, uh, sorry, you can't trade these stocks right now because of volatility. And it's just, you know, you see they can really like these centralized exchanges, they have the power, they manipulate the markets. They're working for the elites, right? For the wealthy people. It's just a mess. And, you know, we need to be active. We need to wake up and see what's going on and act accordingly. Yeah. Like when you see a stock go from $25 to $2,500 and there's no press release, and then it has like a $750 drop in less than 24 hours, that's manipulation, bro. A hundred percent. We've seen it a thousand times before and we'll see it a thousand times again. Manipulation is not only in the crypto markets. You just brought up it happens in the stock market all the time and nothing new there. We have 183 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button on this amazing Thursday. We're bringing you guys maybe the most historic innovation to happen in the crypto space in the last 10 years as a South Korean professor invented a toilet that burns energy, that burns feces, turns it into energy and allows you to mine tokens with that energy. Pretty cool, pretty exciting idea here. More of just a fun article. I want to get some quick comments from Johnny. Are you going to be buying this toilet? That's a shit coin that I might actually buy. No, see that that might be that might be the best shit coin ever invented. 
<laughs> I gotta give it. There's is, so much innovation. So many clever. This is so-called freedom. This is yeah. freedom, man. Yeah, that is that's, that's a beautiful thing. Mind shit coins. I, I gotta give my. I gotta tip my hat to this guy. Good for him. I love innovation. I that's really fucking do. great. Awesome, guys. Now, shifting to a more serious story, we got some Kevin O'Leary news. As venture capitalist Kevin O'Leary says that regulations from the SEC and the CFTC are coming, and he actually breaks down the timeline in which he thinks that'll take place. Kevin O'Leary suggests that if the Republicans end up winning a majority of Congress during November, crypto is likely to achieve formal regulation by the spring. By the second quarter of 2023, after midterm elections, if the House flips, you can get the Republicans on this, and they're much more motivated to regulate crypto. Most of the bill's initiatives are coming out of the red states, and we don't expect every token to be regulated. There's going to be policy for Bitcoin, then there'll be policy for Ethereum, and of course, there'll be policy from XRP. I added that quote in myself. I think you want to be long after November 8th. Everybody's got to speculate on what to do here, but if you've seen the winter at bottoms, we're crawling out of the toilet. He expects this bear market to go on well into 2023 and until this market is fully regulated, allowing institutions to come in. He actually addresses how the, um, the Abu Dhabi global markets are going to set global policy on cryptocurrencies, but they're not going to jump the gun before the SEC does. Once we get regulation from the SEC, we can see the remainder of the world follow, and that's what Kevin O'Leary is breaking down here. Johnny Crypto, I want to go right to you, my friend. Kevin O'Leary's been a huge advocate for cryptocurrencies. He's talked about a lot of the altcoins, holds 32 of them in total. What do you think about his optimistic take on regulation? So remember, first of all, Kevin O'Leary was against crypto for a while. And then when he started diving in and started realizing, you know, oh, wow, there's something big here. He, he became a huge advocate for it. That's always a good thing when you see a billionaire <laughs> decide that he wants to get into something. So that's that's point number one that I just want to say about Kevin O'Leary. Number two, I actually did a TikTok on this exact one last night. And what was interesting about this article that I found was, A, uh, you know, there's no question that we need regulation to come. You know, he tells people to get long after November, and that's why I a little disagree with him there. Um, you know, you can't get long something after the result has happened. So I do agree with him that if Republicans do win the House, they are definitely more pro-crypto, and I think they'll push that agenda more. But it's going to be too late. You, you have to gamble ahead of time. So you either need to get in before November 8th, you know, and then see and then hope that the election goes your way and then this thing starts to happen or you just wait and you don't and you skip the whole thing. So that's the only area where I kind of disagree with him in this article. But he does bring on another point thing where he talks about that there'll be special regulations, as you kind of rightfully read. They'll do something for Bitcoin, something for Ethereum and something for that. And I'm not too crazy about that either, because now they are picking winners and losers and that's not good for anybody. Billy, what sticks out to me in this article is he said that regulations first going to come from the SEC and then the world is going to move after that. Well, we know the SEC is currently suing Ripple and we think regulation is going to come from that trial. Can you only imagine if the SEC regulates XRP, Bitcoin and Ethereum and allows the world to adopt that? What are you anticipating? Bro, I, honestly, I don't know what to anticipate anymore uh, with everything that's going on. And without getting straight all into the politics and everything, I've been saying this for a long time. The regulations in crypto are going hand in hand with the politics that's going on right now in the United States. That's why we are not where we are with the rest of the world. I totally agree with uh, it is going to be very bullish for crypto if Republicans can flip the house and get it back. If Democrats hold on, then I think we have a lot of other things that we're going to be addressing. Uh, market conditions is definitely going to be one of them, but it's going to be the least of our problems. Um, and that's just the political climate of it. Um, we have to get past that part. I keep saying this until we get past that part, especially in our country, it's so much turmoil and so many things going on that um, there's so many questions about our election. There's so much integrity questions. And now you have a former president that's uh, had his house raided and now they're trying to charge him with conspiracy and all that. And if he gets charged and that changes the political climate moving forward, because then he can't run for office, which is going to affect, affect the adoption of crypto. And you look at the people who's trying to regulate it like it's all a game. So, yes, this is going to be one of the biggest moments in our history as far as politics and currency and as a country, because I think it's one of the first times that it's all tied hand in hand and that one is going to directly affect the other. So I wholeheartedly believe that how this election go is going to determine where we go in crypto. One of the things that I am really focused on is starting off in September. Um, I want to pay attention 
on regulation of the process and obviously fundamental research. So I highly encourage everybody to really focus on that. We're going to bring it up here on Good Morning Crypto as well, because I really believe regulation will kill the space. Like, I mean, in a positive way, we're going to skyrocket in the long run. It's going to become, you know, uh, just like S&P 500, a very less volatile uh, market. Um, but what I really want to say is like really in September, you can expect a little bit more um, activity here in the space. And then October, November, because people are still on vacation, I'm going to be on vacation now next week. So you see like people are still spending their time, summertime, and then they're going to come back and then we're all going to fo really focus on that. So join the Academy, join the free Discord where we're going to um, upload all of our research as well, all together, so we can really master this place. And as Johnny Crypto said, you always want to buy the rumors, sell the news, right? Before that news update even hits, you, you want to buy into that speculation, the rumors. And then after doing a fundamental research, and then once the regulation comes out, you can lean back because you worked hard in summer and in winter, you're having fun, metaphorically, right? And that's, that's the plan. Johnny Crypto, I feel like one of the most common questions we get is when are we anticipating regulation? And it's good to see Kevin O'Leary come out and say that in the second quarter of 2023, after midterm elections, that's when he's getting ready for regulation to see these deadlines set, even though there's there's going to be no, no one's going to hold him accountable here. If, if this these dates come and go and there's no regulation, Kevin O'Leary is not going to face any scrutiny. But how do you feel about the second quarter of 2023? Does that date sound correct to you? Um. <sighs> I guess it depends on, on on how they when they're ready to make this all happen. So, and then we've heard them already put that date out there. So maybe they're trying to subliminal program the folks that that's when it's coming, and maybe it'll come slightly before then. Um, to me, you know, I always think that the next big run we're going to have is about almost what Mark said yesterday. We've been saying on this show about six to nine months before the next having which will put us somewhere in the, I want to say, that'll put us around the September of 2023 timeframe. It wouldn't be surprising to me, Abs, if we start to see about nine months before the Bitcoin halving and this regulation all kind of coming together because that's how they work. You know, and they're going to get their, and I think we're going to have a lull between now and then where they'll be loading and packing their bags and then all this good stuff is going to start to happen and get ready for the next run. It is possible that maybe they even rate the 2024 and they let that having start to happen and then hit us with really good news of regulation. Hard to say. I really don't know. But I suspect if I had a gun to the head right now, if I had a guess, I'd say probably somewhere in mid-2023. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And we have 212 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to cover some Ethereum news. As there's many misconceptions around the Ethereum merge. Vitalik Buterin took to Twitter to dispel many of these claims. The Ethereum Foundation clarifies that gas fees are a product of network demand. And network demand is not going to decrease from the merge. It's actually going to increase. So gas fees are not going to be affected. Gas fees are a product of network demand relative to the network's capacity. The merge depreciates the use of proof of work, transitioning to a proof of stake consensus, but does not significantly change any parameters that directly influence network capacity or throughput. So because of this merge, there's going to be no reduction in gas fees, and that's a big misconception. It could be one of the reasons that after the merge takes place, people dump Ethereum. We're anticipating that leading up to this event, there's going to be some optimistic price action. And then after the second week of September, these markets are going to turn bearish. Billy, I'm going to kick it right back to you. What do you think of this article? Wow, I didn't. I didn't. Honestly, I didn't know that. I honestly thought the gas fees were going to be reduced. So when you said that, that that turned me a little bearish. So yeah, I would definitely look at um, taking some profits out of that. That's that's interesting. Johnny, why, why why even do it? Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and I think there's much better solutions than Ethereum and Solana out there. And we actually exactly. talked a lot about that yesterday. But I do want to kick it to Johnny. Johnny, Ethereum's been given a free pass, and regardless of the gas fees. We know it has the largest user base, and we know it's been mass adopted. What does this article mean to you that we could see a dump because there's not going to be a reduction in gas fees? You know, I think at the end of the day, adoption is always going to be the key. And we know right now that Ethereum is the number one adopted technology. And it's very, very hard when you have mass adoption around something for it to lose it, especially when it's making improvements. To answer Billy's question, that's why they're doing it, to improve it so that they can hold on and continue to grow and gain mass adoption. I think that you're, I honestly believe that this is a complete 100% buy the rumor and sell the news deal. 
as soon as that news comes out, I'm dumping any. I'm probably gonna dump as well because here's what's gonna happen. Exactly what you just said. And exactly now, Billy's in the crypto space, right? He's with us. He's part of this thing. And Billy didn't even know that this that that the gas fees aren't going away. What do you think is gonna happen to the masses who aren't even anywhere near into crypto like Billy is? And they find out like, holy shit! I thought the I thought the gas fees were gonna go down, and they're not. They're gonna freaking dump it. It's gonna be buried. To me. It's going to be hugely bearish, and I yes. and I think that the elites have this all set up. Um, I've already heard the numbers 2,300. I think that's the zone where we're going to kind of see Ethereum get up to. And if I see those ranges, and especially if the news comes out, I'm out because I think it will pull back. And I'm coming back in. Don't get me wrong. I am not bearish on ETH. I just I'm probably going to play it on a that bit. one price point. Yeah. So that, does I, that go I, back? Does that go back to that article where they get like a free pass or regulated differently because? Their gas fees are different, and they well, really... they get a free pass because they, they're connected to. Well, the yeah, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's yeah. why I love ETH, and I'm I want ETH long term. Oh, so absolutely. How ETH gets shut down to me, it would be foolish to not have ETH in your portfolio. At least for me, anyway, in my portfolio, I'm I'm gonna have some ETH with me, no question about it. Well, as we look at the Ethereum Alliance, we know that many of the, the largest names in banking are there. We got BlackRock, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. Yes. All of them are part of the Ethereum Alliance, so they're all directly gonna benefit off of Ethereum heading up in price, right? And as we know, but we have another development for you guys as the NFT market has taken a major hit, but it hasn't totally collapsed. Somebody actually bought a board ape for $1.4 million, also known as 777 Ethereum yesterday. Selman, CEO of Collecti Labs, founded an NFT project himself. How do you feel about this news? This is great. This is insane. I wish I I was selling this one for 1.4 million, but um, you know, Guys, if you're trading NFTs, trading is something else. I'm actually collecting uh, collectibles, right? That's a totally different thing. So I'm not speculating. I want to be part of that community or I really like the art or I see um, something special in that NFT and I want to collect it, want to buy it, right? So there is a huge difference. So for me, there's always there's always going to be a bull market uh, if you're collecting things. But if it's, you know, you're speculating, then absolutely yes. You know, uh, markets are kind of, especially for NFTs, always volatile. But, uh, you know, Bored Apes is a perfect example. I really study Bored Apes uh, currently because what I really like is the fact that they really created a club, a community and so many people, you don't even need the influences right now, like leave it to the side. A lot of people that don't even own a board ape are just hyping that because it's so much fun. Like you see what they do on social media, what they do in real life, it's just amazing. It really tells you that um, even without owning an asset, you can be part of it. You can really have fun and identify yourself with that. Maybe it's too expensive for you, that's totally fine. Um, it's just that community feeling, being part of something. And, you know, they did an amazing job. And that's why I believe Board Ape is always going to be, you know, number one. Um, as long as, you know, the reason for that is they they uh, found a way to win people's hearts. And you as an NFT uh, company, maybe, or, you know, a creator or a brand, you need to find a way to win your community's heart. Uh, or hearts. And this is important, guys. Um, focus on that, please. Yes. And we have some groundbreaking news as Ethereum founder was actually criticizing XRP yesterday. Anybody who remembers back in 2020 when, when Ripple was originally sued by the SEC, Vitalik Buterin went to Twitter and called XRP a shitcoin. He actually retweeted that tweet yesterday and, act, and added to it stating, XRP already lost their right to protection when they tried to throw us under the bus as a China-controlled coin in my opinion, Johnny Crypto, what sticks out to me here is he said they lost their right to protection. So he's indicating that Ethereum has a right to protection that XRP doesn't. What does this mean to you? Well, first of all, that's the most retarded, stupidest comment I've ever heard anybody say. So this guy, you know, he's just a cryptocurrency developer and owner. And so because one company attacked another company, now that company loses the right for protection. Is that That's just complete retardation at the highest level. This guy just made himself, I mean, he always, I think, deserves to be anyway. But now he's on the Rat Snake Weasel Club, too. It's just, it's just retarded. It makes zero sense to say that, you know, companies go after each other. It's competition, and they say stuff, and they throw each other on the bus. It doesn't mean that they lose protections. And not only that, how about all the people? that got hurt, all the investors that got hurt because of this previous lawsuit when Ethereum could have been and should have been sued first 
So, I mean, this is just a complete joke at the highest levels of them all. He's a rat snake weasel. We'll put him up on the board. He's not as high as, as Gensler and, and Kramer, but he's definitely on the board now. Billy, I want to go to you next. We talked about how tribalism is one of the biggest problems in the market today. If you support XRP, it doesn't mean you're against Ethereum. If you support Ethereum, it doesn't mean you're against XRP. Well, Vitalik Buterin is anti-XRP. He's proven that time and time again. What's up with the tribalism here, and what does this tweet mean to you? Dude, he's going to catch his hands. He keeps talking about my XRP this bad. Like, come on, man. You Put yourself in check, V. Like, you, you, you're not big enough. You're soft as warm butter, dude. Need to calm that noise down. Uh, no, it's just like Johnny said, man. People talk smack. It's part of the business. Um, for him to, to say that, though, is kind of crazy, especially where he's standing and how he's created Ethereum and everything that's going on with it. So, but yeah, he, he needs to calm down. XRP is not going anywhere. The fact that he's saying that just kind of makes me even more bullish on XRP. He's so running scared, this? Billy. Stop exactly. Running scared. Exactly. Hey, but hey, hey if, if, you know if, what, if, Vitalik, if you're watching, boy, shut up. Quit talking about my XRP. Um, the funny thing is guys um i mean this is not definitely he has like lack of leadership uh skills the reason for that is this is you know you have a free pass you, you can laugh you have your you know fun moment but imagine you are literally this crypto space is just a very tiny you know market compared to the big guys big markets and we should in instead of like coming together, helping each other, supporting each other and making this uh, space grow because, you know, crypto is really solving problems. This guy literally right after the lawsuit case started, he was like, they deserve it. it something like that. He tweeted something like that, you know, end of December. And he said, it's a shit coin or something. Yeah. And you see, check out C CEO Brad Gowlinghouse. I love this guy so much. He's really out there. He's like the hero of the crypto space going out there. He told us, right? He talks to government officials. He tries to raise awareness and educate clients, educate governments. And uh, what is Vitalik Buterin doing? What is he doing? Literally, like, is he doing anything um, like for, for the communities, et cetera, instead of just working for Ethereum? That's cool, work on your Ethereum project. Ethereum is great, yes, but like the whole crypto space needs heroes, needs leaders that can really bring this to the mountain. And unfortunately, uh, you know, just doing that kind of shit show is not cool. Brad Gowlinghouse and, you know, their whole Ripple team is doing an amazing job. There's a lot of pressure and they're fighting for regulation, for good, um, good positive regulation for this whole scene and for investors. This is why, like Vitalik, um, unfortunately, you are officially part of the RSW indicator. Yes. That's hilarious. And I'm actually going to read another tweet that we had here, a response from David Schwartz stating, do you think this debate should be settled by the government or in the market at Vitalik Buterin? This quotation was pulled by some attempt by Ripple to get the government to regulate ETH, wasn't it? Basically, they're just exchanging words back and forth. You can call it petty. You can call it whatever you'd like. But I am an advocate of both of these currencies. I don't think there needs to be this tribalism where XRP can succeed and Ethereum can also succeed. But Johnny Crypto, what's on your mind? You you have a uh, – oops, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I knocked Billy out of there by mistake. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> uh, you have – you're seeing the insides of the minds of people in humanism. And the reality is people don't want to see other people succeed. That's just the bottom line. We are talking about a shit ton of money multiple trillions of dollars that are going to be up for grabs in the next five to 10 years. And nobody else want, you know, someone talked about these guys helping each other. No, they don't want to help each other. They want to kill each other because they want to go get that pile of trillions of dollars that are out there. And so you do have clans of groups behind each other, supporting each other. You know, and we know who those companies are. We've talked about like the Black Rocks and the Circles and the Grayskills. And they've they've bet on these horses. And you got this other group betting on those horses. And then one group wants to kill the other group. And that's just the bottom line. That's what's happening here. You are never, ever going to see. Um, what's the word? Uh, kumbaya. Uh, collaborate, collaborate. Yeah, Kumbaya collaboration yeah, yeah. amongst these competitors. It's not going to happen. I mean, you might see a little bit in the beginning because they're going to want to create a standard or regulation. And once they get that regulation, then they're going to take the knives back out and start stabbing each other again. There's no question about it. Yeah. No question. I, I'm not sitting here expecting these guys to get along. Hell no, that's not going to happen. They're going to go out there, and somebody's going to create the best technology, may the best technology win, and I just pray that we all bet on those right horses 
Because I don't know which one's going to win. Even the big guys today, Yusko, Scarmucci, Brock Paul, they were saying, I don't know if Solano's going to win or if Cardano's going to win. or They don't know. They're doing what we're doing. Or we're doing what they're doing. We're all betting on some racehorses in this race, and then we see what happens. So don't expect these guys to get along. It's not going to happen. I expect to see more of this passion going forward. Just keep those blades sharp. I think you're spot on, Johnny Crypto, and I really hope that you're right about if the technology is what's most important, if it's not actually about promoting the projects that they're going to profit from, and it really is just about what technology is best, then XRP's got a great shot in this race. We got 211 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are about to bring you the breaking news of today as Ripple launches crypto-enabled enterprise payments in Brazil with TravelX Bank. So Ripple, the leading payment provider and enterprise of blockchain and cryptocurrency solutions, announced the launch of Ripple's on-demand liquidity system in Brazil. They partnered with TravelX Bank, which is the first bank in Latin America to utilize Ripple's on-demand liquidity. TravelX is the first bank registered and approved by the Central Bank of Brazil to operate exclusively on foreign exchanges. And here's what's so interesting. More than $780 billion of payments are sent to Brazil annually, and now we're seeing Ripple take a portion of that market share. This is what Johnny Crypto was just talking about. Hopefully, if it really is about which technology is best, Ripple's going to have a great shot at taking over the ODL market. But Johnny, what does this article mean to you? Yeah, again, another example of cheaper, better. What did I tell you guys? What do companies and countries look for? They want to improve the bottom line. How do you do that? You find products that are cheaper and better. And that is why blockchain technology is going to take over when we shift from Web 2.0 to 3.0. Because it's going to make everything cheaper, better, more efficient. It's going to unlock value from the system. And here's another example of, you know, a country voting on which blockchain they think will be able to help them do that. So, again, I do believe at the end of the day, Abs, it is all about the technology. It's going to be about the technologies that, unfortunately, A, are going to partly enslave us. But we all know that. So nobody's everybody in this in this group chat or on this show knows that. And we all know that we're here to invest in those rails because, as we talked about with Yosko yesterday, that's about all you can do is bet on some of these rails that are going to you know, enslave and, and hope that you can create some generational wealth to, to break away from that enslavement. So I think this is good news for Ripple and X, uh, XRP. Billy, I want to read a couple of comments before I kick it to you because Brad Garlinghouse commented on this partnership, stating Brazil is a key market for Ripple given its importance as an anchor to business in Latin America. Its openness to crypto and countrywide initiatives that promote the fintech innovation have been massive for Ripple. The market is experiencing an explosion of activity as institutions look to adopt crypto and blockchain technology to solve customer pain points. This is exactly what Johnny's talking about. I don't want to go back to the same point, but I feel like I have to. We always emphasize the technology and Ripple has the best technology when it comes to on-demand liquidity. This is another example of that. What does it mean to you, Billy? So this has me thinking about BRICS. Isn't Brazil a part of BRICS? Bro, that is yeah. huge. That is that is so effing bullish for XRP and Ripple. Uh, it is insane because I know they're going, they're wanting a gold-backed currency. Uh, so for them to be coming onto this market, man, that's that's huge. That's exciting. And for them to be getting this kind of institutionalized contracts and partnerships with getting sued by the SEC, again, tells you how weak the SEC in the U.S. is in the overall market versus uh, just the market they're in. I don't even think it matters if I don't think we're going to lose the SEC case. But even if they did, I don't think it mattered because there's going to be so much going on in the future because, like Johnny said, the technology is unmatched. Like it's it's incredible. Uh, the market that it's going to free up. And if we're trying to get rid of debt, that's what gets me most excited about XRP and Ripple is the debt that it's going to free up um, and the price action that it's going to cause there. But this is huge. I love the fact that it's a part of BRICS. I don't, you know, don't want to get into the politics side of it, but they are taking over the GDP uh, moving forward and the crypto backed currency. And this being a part of that is is absolutely bullish. Selman, I'm to, Oh, God. To actually ask, thank you. <laughs> To, uh, to anyone who thinks like Ethereum already has like a big market share and they're established, uh, you know, you see they are working really hard and they're getting all these governments involved. And so imagine it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you see what happened to Nokia. No one owns a Nokia phone anymore or BlackBerry. They're all gone. It's right now Apple, Samsung, et cetera, right? So anything can change immediately. So just because Ethereum is now like at like, 
300, $400 billion market cap. You know, we've seen that in the bull run. Doesn't mean that it's always going to be the one and only blockchain or, you know, the major blockchain. No, it can change immediately within the next five years, 10 years. So this is why I stick to fundamentals, just like Yasko said and many others. We don't know which blockchain, but clearly Ripple is not uh, not getting stopped by any lawsuit case, etc. They're really working and working with the elite. So I really, really love it. I, that's a good point. So bringing that up, right? So there's multiple equations that lead to adoption. Having the best technology is a good start, but it's not always the best, right? You also have to have the money behind it to push and get that early mass adoption. You're going to have the connections, right? And that's the kind of things you, you, it's not just about the technology, but if you don't have the best technology, sooner or later, the better one will ultimately replace you unless if you're too far in bed. I mean, look at, look, look, you know, look at iPhones. They were like the number, they had a huge market share years ago. Now Android's the number one share globally, 80% versus 20, right? Well, it used to be 50-50 and it's shifting. So the reality is the technologies, ultimately, the, I always feel like the better one is always going to find its way to the top. But it is a combination of different things. And we are seeing Ripple push the XRP and the RippleNet technology out there, even while they're being sued. I mean, they're, they're being sued in the U.S., but it doesn't mean the rest of the globe can't play with it. And they're doing their thing. And I love the fact that they, I've been saying this, they've been planting seeds and getting adoption. Well, I don't know what everybody else is doing, but these guys are working their asses off. And that's why I think Ripple has a really, have put themselves in a really good position. Yes, and this isn't the only update. It's not just Brazil. As we have Japan and Thailand also using Ripple's ODL system to facilitate payments. This is another update, and we continue to reiterate the same message. The SEC lawsuit has only hindered Ripple's growth within our borders. Outside of the United States, Ripple is growing faster than ever. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to kick it right back to you for some quick comments. Any, what does this article mean to you? You know, we know that Japan is a huge, huge – it's like, like Japan is like Ripple's father. And mother, right? You love your kids, right? Everybody loves their kids. You love your babies, right? And so, like, to me, anytime I see news out of, out of Japan, to be honest with you, Abs, I don't get super excited about it. I expect it. So, for me, it's one of those things. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we do have the best host. There's no question about that. Um, so, to me, it's just one of those things where I don't really, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't get excited when I see Japanese news about Ripple. I get excited when I see Ripple news like you just showed in Brazil and the rest of the world, that gets me excited. And you want to see me super excited? You'll see me doing monkey flips if, you know, if we see the U.S. start adopting Ripple. Then I'll be, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be doing monkey flips back here on the rails. <laughs> I want to show our listeners a list of companies that are investing in cryptocurrency today. We had Google invest over $1.5 billion into cryptocurrency blockchain projects. And we're breaking down that list right here. But BlackRock also donated $1.17 billion. We have Morgan Stanley with over a billion. Samsung is almost a billion. And Goldman Sachs is at $700 million invested in blockchain infrastructure projects. Selman, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. People always question, is crypto here to stay? This is one of the best indicators. What does that mean to you? Um, so a billion dollars, for example, for these big companies is actually nothing. But it really is a good start. And you see... Um, they never announced, guys, we officially invested in this. Why would they, right? They want to buy when there's silence, when there's blood in the streets, and then later when it's a buy the rumor, sell the news kind of event, when markets pump up, all of a sudden you hear about all these companies investing in this thing. I mean, they're not investing for a quick, uh, quick profit. They're investing in infrastructure. And uh, these, you know, imagine Samsung is also investing in Yuga Labs. Right, the founders of Bordate and the Metaverse, the other side, they collected five hundred million dollars for that project. So you see the am amazing things happen here. And um, Certic, Goldman Sachs invested in Certic. I see that it's a um, an audit company, right? They are doing all the smart contract audits everywhere. You see Certic, so they're big in this scene. So they're uh, clearly investing in all these great infrastructures and these great. Uh, companies so i see a great future a bright future these are only the uh, like a handful of companies probably a lot of will a lot of companies will invest billions um soon after regulation you'll see that so when i saw this chart abs i saw this on twitter yesterday i don't know if you can make it bigger yet you know what i found fascinating was the amount of companies that all these guys are investing in. Uh, what I found disturbing was a lot of these um, 
are things that, you know, we're, we're, we're invested more in the cryptocurrency side of it, not the actual company side of it. And that's what got me thinking like, hmm, you got to start seeing which ones of these companies are actually publicly traded. And, and I want to start diversifying into some of these because that, and I don't know if they are like circle. I don't even, I, that might be private, but that would one I'd want to be able to invest in FTX, I think is private, but you can buy its coin. But a lot of these, you can't buy the coin, not that the coin represents the company. But to me, that is really, these guys are investing into companies and that's what we need to start looking into and being able to do as well. Not just the cryptocurrency. Amazing, Billy. And as I look at this list, there's a couple of names that stick out to me. But when I focus on BlackRock, they're investing in Circle, which is USDC, a stablecoin, and FTX, which also has a cryptocurrency token. So I'd love to hear some brief comments on that, and then we'll bring this thing home. Uh, this is just where you, this is a this is a very good sheet to look at, man. This is excellent. Uh, this is where you want to look at. This is where the big boys are playing. This is where institutional money is going. This is the future of the market. This is the beginning of it. This is where everything's going to flow into. And I. I Agree with Johnny and Selman 100. Like you, this is the players that you have to watch because this is who, this is who's going to dictate the market. Just like we were talking about before, you can have the best technology, uh, but it's about relationships as well. Look who's partnering with each other. Look who's on stage with each other, and look who these companies are putting their money into, and that's going to open your eyes up to a lot of stuff. Awesome guys, we got 201 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button, Selman. I'm gonna kick it to you for some closing comments, and then we'll bring it home. Yep. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, it's a recommendation. When you do research and you you don't want to, you don't really know where to put your money. Maybe it's also a great deal to look where these big companies are investing in. These are not basic startups. These are really like you see even these big guys like Google, Samsung. They're investing in these projects and these companies. So. When you see these guys investing in certain projects, maybe you might want to, you know, dive into them, understand the team, the board members and all of that, right? The, their white paper and everything. And then maybe you want to invest in the projects that they're investing in. Just like uh, just a quick guide for you. Amazing. Thank you, Selman. And we're going to close this thing out by the same way we always do, saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Billy. And thank you to Selman. Another amazing episode today. We got 198 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button on the way out of here. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And it's like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us.